We believe that you are strong by design and you were made in God's image to have a strong body, mind, and spirit. You're listening to the number one strength and health authority podcast in the world. So let's get ready to unlock your potential and transform your life in today's episode. Hello, everyone. This is Mike Westerdahl, your host here with the Strong by Design podcast. And today I have a special guest. This is a longtime friend, a longtime colleague. He's a man by the name of Lee Hayward from Total Fitness Bodybuilding. He's an over 40 muscle building coach, and he might be one of the first three guys I've met on the internet. We're not talking match.com here. We're talking <laughs> business, internet, friend. So thanks a lot, Lee, for being here. Hey, thanks, Mike. It's an honor to be here. And yeah, we, we started back in the, well, I started in the late 90s. When did you start online? I was 99. What 99, were you, 97? Okay. I was 97 when I started my first website. Wow. And how that's, it was, it was such an interesting story because back then there was nothing online. I remember in 97 was the first time I even went on the internet and I was sitting in uh, computer lab in school still had dial-up internet 486 computers right right high-tech stuff back then <laughs> Flo- floppy disks floppy disks yep how, so, how old are we 66 <laughs> just kidding we're like in, in internet years we are <laughs> <laughs> but yeah the first time i logged on to the internet and of course being a, a bodybuilding fan since i was young as i mean since i was 12 years old i've been working out so the first thing i got on the internet went to yahoo this was before the days of google typed in bodybuilding into the search engine and nothing came up wow like it was the internet is empty <laughs> just gonna imagine that like there was some stuff like bodybuilding is uh lifting weights and building your muscle like some definitions and stuff but there was no bodybuilding.com there was yeah. no websites there was no blogs there was no articles it was just empty nothing nothing well in college i would go to the computer lab mm-hmm to write papers and print right. them and I didn't have a computer mm-hmm. and we had to turn stuff in. You'd go to the computer yep. lab, you'd write it up, type it up, print it <laughs> and bring it to class. And I remember the dial up internet. I didn't get my first computer until it was a graduation present from college. Is that right? Okay. Yeah, which was 99. Yep. I mean, I, I was kind of similar. I went through all, all high school without using a computer. So after high school, I had to learn how to use the computer. Because I said, I think computers might be the way of the future. Yeah. <laughs> so had a hunch. Well, you know, Chris Wilson, he's the other host of the right. show here. We went to high school together mm-hmm. and um, my dad had a computer and Chris would be the one coming over and typing up the book reports and stuff while I'm goofing around lying on the couch and right. he's doing all my work for me back in high school. He still does all my work for me yeah. now too. So. <laughs> <laughs> you trained him well. <laughs> yeah. Well, Lee's actually visiting with his family. We went and checked out Monster Jam with, yeah. our, with our sons a couple weeks ago. So that, that was, was a lot a, of fun. That was a good time. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's been hanging out down here. You're in uh, Vince's mastermind group. Yeah, our uh, friend Vince Del Monte, he's got a, a mastermind he's hosted here in Florida yeah. for the past couple of years. So I've been coming down for that. And right, so he's he's visiting too. He's been here for six mm-hmm. weeks, and I think that was probably the first time we met face-to-face. It was. Which yeah. was uh, the first group that he had, different group than what he's doing now, mm-hmm. teaching different things. But what was that, 2009, 2010? 2010 it was. Yeah, I remember that because it was... Uh, Myself and uh, uh, Dave Ruel was there as well. Right. Remember, we, the we muscle both, cook, the muscle cook. Yeah, we both competed in a bodybuilding show just a month before that mastermind started. That's why I remember that was well, in 2010. And Vince was your for 
you were his first online program that he bought. Yeah. Did he buy Supplements Revealed or, or one of those books? I don't know which one he bought. It, it was but, a supplement guide. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, here it was. I mean, obviously, Vince Domani's well-established in the online fitness industry. But his very first program was my supplement ebook back in, I think, 2002. And he bought that ebook off me. And this is back in the day now, but when I wasn't getting a lot of sales, maybe a handful of sales a week. And he bought it, and he didn't know how to open a PDF. And I'm like, this guy's going to want a refund. I know it. He's going to want a refund. So I printed off the whole ebook and put it in an envelope and mailed it to him so he wouldn't request a refund from me. Wow. And he kept that. He still has it today. <laughs> he still well, has that original. That, that reminds me for, you know, you had the Blaster Bench program, mm-hmm. and, and we had the Critical Bench program. And... It was the same thing. I was I didn't even sell PDF files. I had that scarcity right. mindset mm-hmm. in the early two thousands. I was yep. like, if I sell a PDF file, everyone's gonna share it. They're gonna email it to each other, and right. I'm gonna wind up losing money. So I was I was printing these things at home mm-hmm. at a binding machine, binding them, and then going to the post office. And yep. This is while I had another job, working full time wow. jobs, and I would go during my lunch break and go mail these programs out. I'd have like I don't know maybe go three times a week mailing like 15 programs waiting in line on my lunch hour at the post office <laughs> to mail this stuff. Not even sure if you add in the price of printing the ink, I would do right? a t-shirt that came with the program too. Okay, yeah. So you get a t-shirt, a book, it's printed. It was like $20 and I'm like, and then the envelope plus the shipping. I'm not even sure if, if I was making any money. And then if it was an international order, you were probably oh losing my gosh, money. For sure. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, no. you were ahead of me there with the just even offering PDFs back then because it took me like five years to get up the right. courage to do that. Yeah, which I think that's a big business lesson for everybody is. is that that scarcity yeah. mindset of thinking mm-hmm. that uh, there's not enough. Yeah, and that uh, you're competing with everybody, and, right? And everyone's against you, and you got to fight for your mm-hmm. little piece of the pie when mm-hmm. when really there's plenty for everybody. Which I'm sure that reminds you of a story, right? There's a big pie. (laughs) But do you remember back in the day how we used to get traffic was through link exchanges? Like everybody had a links page on their website. So you'd you'd have your main content, your articles or your sales page or whatever it was, but then you'd have a links directory. And the big thing was you just email other people's websites and say, hey, would you like to trade links? Would you like to trade links? And I had hundreds of links, right? right? I mean, that was because it was mutual. I mean, you'd have... Uh, you give away a link, you get a link back, and of course that'd improve your rankings in the search engines and right. all the that. The more back links then. you had pointing to you, the right. better you'd rank in the search engine yeah. for your keywords, and the more traffic you get. Exactly. So I remember reaching out to you because you had the Critical Bench website again. This was in the oh early two thousands. Yeah, I right? remember because we were secretly watching each other across the internet. I, was, I, I ordered Critical Bench, and I'm sure you've got a copy of Blast Your Bench somewhere sure as well. <laughs> So, I mean, I, I remember reaching out to you and I said, would you like to trade links? And I get a one-liner email back, nope, you're my competition. And I never spoke to you since right. until 2010 when we actually met face-to-face at, uh, at Vince's Mastermind. Yeah, and then and, we had a, a 10-year anniversary sale, so that's 2009. Right. Yep. And we did uh, a combo sale on mm-hmm. Blaster Bench and Critical Bench. And that went really well, actually. Uh, working together. Yep. Yeah, I had a lot of people take advantage of that. So that was that was a good promo. <laughs> well, that was good stuff. Yeah, that's funny though. 
the, the bench press wars back in the day. Well, yeah. I had to increase your bench press 50 pounds in 10 weeks. And then I see this other page. I find the guy, he's doing 53 pounds. Uh, 51 it was. Right, 51 in what, three weeks? Three weeks. Which I'm like, dang it. I'm like, that's impossible. Yeah. Scam. <laughs> But then later, it's like you know what you can increase your bench very fast by changing your technique. That's the that's I'm not the even talking. It shouldn't even ha- three weeks is a long time because mm-hmm. if you learn these techniques, you're going to yep. be able to add bench pounds to your bench immediately. Right. Yep. I mean, it could be five minutes. Mm-hmm. And the whole fifty-one pound thing that came about because that's exactly what I did when I followed this program for the first time. Because in my home gym that i had it was the weights were a combination of pounds and kilograms so when you actually worked it out yeah it was 51 pounds exactly is what i put on my bench in three right. weeks. so i just told the story and of course that 51 pounds was a, a nice odd number to get people to click on the link sure. like what the heck is this 51 pound thing and i'm looking at it like the only other bench press program yep. on the internet that's increase it one pound more than mine <laughs> <laughs> And then I'm getting the link trade email, and I'm like, yeah. no way. No way, yeah. And now we're going to Monster Jam together and hang, hanging, hang, out. hanging out and stuff. Yeah, yeah we had some oh, people man. over at the house yesterday. Yeah, it was a great time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, I mean, uh, things have come a long way over the years. It's, like you said, having that bigger mindset, not this small, uh, The I guess the competition mindset is more of a collaboration mindset. Sure. Yeah. Big yeah, difference. we filmed some uh, YouTube stuff you mm-hmm. did with Brian and Chris. Yeah. So yep. got a bunch of videos out from the team workouts on mm-hmm. Thursdays. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of collaboration. So, I mean, this is just, we did the same thing last year. Of course, we're doing it this year. I mean, hopefully we make this an annual thing. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to the Strong by Design podcast. If you find our show helpful in any way, please let us know by leaving a five-star review on iTunes. Go to strongbydesignpodcast.com. Your review will help us reach more listeners and continue to change lives. Let's get back to the show. We look at it kind of two ways. We've been around a long time online. This is something where when we talk to some of the newer guys that are Mm -hmm. having faster success, right? And it can almost be a little bit embarrassing that, wow, these guys are doing so well so soon and we've been doing this so long. Why, right. why is it taking so long? Well, I think there's, first of all, two problems in that. One, we're, we're comparing ourselves, which just like in mm-hmm. fitness, it's, this is your own journey, your own timeline. Exactly. Yep. So comparing yourself to how other people are doing, we never want to compare anyway. Right. You're you're on you're on your own journey. I'm on my own journey and it's easy to look at the next guy, but he's looking at somebody else. Mm-hmm. And yep, I know what you mean. So really, I think there's an advantage that we've had or I think you have one of the same strengths I have besides stubbornness, which I think we both have. Oh, I've got a good healthy dose of stubbornness. <laughs> but, or at least I like to say it's a healthy dose of stubbornness. <laughs> but uh that's that's uh perseverance yes. and grit. Because mm-hmm. it, it has been a long time, and there's been a lot of ups and downs. There's oh been a lot gosh. of changes. Yep. There's been search engines disappear and gone. Yep. Now, today, it's pretty much just Google and Bing and Yahoo, and right. that's about it. But there used to be like 30 of them. I mean, it's just one example, oh, but things things have come and gone. People mm-hmm. have come and gone. Yep. And we've been doing this for a really long time, and some, some years great. better than others, some mm-hmm. months better than others. But ultimately, just like in fitness, right? Are you going to get all the results that you mm-hmm. want in a matter of three weeks? 
you're going to get some some progress, but the long-term thing is to continue making this a habit, a ritual, a lifestyle, something that you keep doing in the right. long term is going to give you the lo- those long-term results. Whether you feel yeah. like it or not, you just do what you need to do. And it's the same mm-hmm. thing in business. There's days you want to go to work yep. and you love what you're doing and we're helping people and it's something we can feel good about. Sure. But at the same time, there's to me, some boring stuff like bookkeeping and taxes and meetings and things I don't want to do, but things you have to do to run a business. That's like the non-sexy mm-hmm. stuff, you know? Absolutely. And it's like, yeah. there's some stuff in working out. Maybe doing those extra cardio session isn't your favorite thing compared to some of the other like group workout stuff. Sure. So if there's a lot of parallels between fitness and business. And that's, that's the thing you don't hear about. Yeah. online nowadays if you're looking online and you're getting advertised to or you're seeing instagram stories mm-hmm. and guys are sitting on their laptop at the beach and they're <laughs> acting like this is uh really easy first of all and uh the laptop lifestyle right i've like, yet like i've it, yet to figure that one out <laughs> right like you're gonna barely work and make mm-hmm. tons of money and everything's gonna right. be easy all the time no it's not gonna happen that way i mean it's interesting. Like, I mean, we started around the same time online and in my situation, like I came from a family of employees, like there was nobody, like no relatives, my parents, grandparents, like nobody was a business owner. Everybody had that employee mindset. So when I started online, it took me a couple of years to actually build up enough sales. But within a few years, because there was so little competition, I was making a six figure income selling eBooks online. And by the time I hit six figures, it's like, I'm done. Like right. I'm making more money than mom and dad. I'm I'm done. <laughs> like so I just kind of got lazy and I stuck at that plateau for for years. And then of course, as more and more competition came on board, then all of a sudden I was like, okay, you know, in the you know, somewhere in the low to mid six figures, like say like a hundred to hundred and fifty thousand dollars, that range. That's where I was stuck at a plateau for years. And then all of a sudden it started to dip down a little lower, a little lower, a little lower. Then I wasn't cracking six figures. And I said, hmm. Then another bad year. And I was like, I got to figure something out here. So that's when I started to say, you know, I just can't figure this out on my own. I actually have to go seek out some marketing advice because I had zero marketing advice or, or knowledge oh, when you I were, started. You were resourceful. You're, you know, we were watching each other. Oh, yeah. And, and that that's the thing. When, when we first got mm-hmm. started in the early 2000s, there was nobody. There was a couple like courses you could get. There yeah. was like a Coral Ruddle. Corey Ruddle, Corey, Internet Marketing yep, Secrets. I've got a copy of that. Yep. I, I don't know how I even got it. Somebody like sent it to me. I got a used copy off eBay. <laughs> yeah. I think actually a guy named Sean LeBrun sent it to me. Okay. And it was like gold. There oh, was, yeah. There was nowhere to learn any of this right. stuff. There mm-hmm. was there were no coaches. No. There wasn't like everybody uh, trying to sell you into coaching or all these mm-hmm. masterminds. Or Now it's the opposite problem. There is actually so much information. Sure about everything, business and what you should be doing. We have shiny object syndrome. Instead, we can't stay focused on one thing long enough because there's mm-hmm. so many things coming at us that look like yep. amazing and appealing. But back then, there it's was no much. information. You're mm-hmm. trying to like figure it out by yourself, which exactly. I promise is not the right way to do things. No. If you're isolating yourself and trying to completely figure this out on your own, that's going to be a long, mm-hmm. slow, painful road. I, I would yeah. say for me, the number one business tip I have would be to get some kind of a coach, mm-hmm. get someone who's, you trust them that they've done what you're trying to do and they have yep. integrity and you know that this isn't some fake business coach because there's tons of those out there. You Absolutely. really have to do your homework. Sure. Just like fitness. Do you want a trainer mm-hmm. that 
that doesn't walk the walk, that doesn't do what he's preaching. Yep. You know? And, and then another thing you got to look at, too, when it comes to, like, business coaches or trainers as well, like, you, if in the case of fitness, for example, you might see someone who's a coach, but, like, they may be in great shape because they've got great genetics and like they didn't really have to struggle to get there. And we, we all know people like that, right? They're blessed with a fast metabolism. They can eat whatever they want. They still have six pack abs year round. And then you have other people who they were fat and out of shape. And then they finally come up with a system or some way to get themselves together. And I'd rather learn from someone who's been through the struggles versus someone who's always been lean and ripped because they can't relate to the challenges that someone who's, going through those struggles is is dealing with on a day-to-day basis yeah like i've been up through ups and downs with my weights a lot <laughs> right so, i mean so i can relate to the struggles that a lot of people go through when i mean when i first that. started following you it was actually competing in bodybuilding yep. and mm-hmm. um you know you were always a power builder type too you wanted to be strong and yep. look good at the same time like we i were- did a bit of power lifting but mostly was bodybuilding right Right. I did do a, a, some powerlifting training for a while, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I yeah. mean, you know, but it's that wasn't my priority. It was bodybuilding is where I felt I was better but the, suited. And then I think your business was a lot like mine, where as um, different phases of our life, as there's mm-hmm. things that come up, we wind up uh, learning about those things, and then and then teaching sure. those things or passing those things on. You know. Yep. You know, and now as you're uh, over forty now. You got mm-hmm. back into shape again, yes. Because, uh, yeah. I mean, I remember you saying like you were embarrassed and it wasn't what you wanted to look like. Comparing it to what when you were twenty or something, I didn't think you looked bad <laughs> when you're showing those pictures. It's like here's a before picture that's pretty good, and here's an after picture that's like even better. But it's like, <laughs> <laughs> but no, you yeah. you had your son was born, Harvey, and mm-hmm. priorities change. Yeah, and I mean, think who knows for those of you out there with families and kids. You never know what's going to happen or how it's going to go. But one thing for sure, life will never be the same again. And there's that, (laughs) there's a season there where, um, where it is all about getting that whole situation under control. And it's easy. It's easy for like the dad bod situation to take over. It's it's certainly is. I mean, in, in my situation, like I started working out when I was 12 Right, I got bit by the iron bug back then, and and how I got started was watching Conan the Barbarian. It came on, I didn't even watch it in the movie theater or nothing like that. It came on cable TV, like a rerun or something, and I seen the movie and I was like, "Holy crap!" Like here's Arnold Schwarzenegger, like a real life comic book superhero. First time I ever seen a man with muscle, and I said, "I want to be like that." So I mean, that was my motivation right from the early days. So I started, you know, Dad had one of those old York. Right, uh, those cement filled York weight sets, and I started lifting that. And of course, then for Christmas that year, I said I actually want a home gym, so we got a a York bench and a a little universal machine. So then started working out literally in uh, 1990, back in my basement, living at my parents' house. I was 12 years old, and thankfully my dad was on board, so we used to work out together. Wow, that's cool. And did that for several years, and then. I found out we actually have a local bodybuilding competition in town because I'm from uh, Newfoundland, which is a pretty small place, right? It's, you know, small population wise. So I, I wasn't in the loop. And of course, there's no internet where you can go Google stuff. But I actually found out through the through the grapevine that there was a bodybuilding show coming up. And I said, I'm going to get ready for that bodybuilding show. So that was in 1995. I did my first show, 17 years old, still a, I was a senior in high school. 
got my ass kicked, of course, on stage because I was the youngest guy in the show. But still, I, I learned so much and had a ball and got bit by the bodybuilding bug. So every year for, oh, man, I think it must have been. There was only a few years when I was going through college, I took a little bit of time off competing. But other than that, it was almost like every single year I was competing in bodybuilding. Wow. And the way it would always work is, you know, going through the off-season bulking, pre-contest cutting every, every year. And when I was younger, that kind of worked because, you know, you're young and you got a fast metabolism. So the off-season bulking worked. But as I got older, off-season bulking just became an excuse to get fat. <laughs> right. <laughs> but then I justify it in my mind and say, well, you know, I'm trying to add new muscle to my frame. Right. But then I'd just be eating all kinds of junk. Like, yes, I'd get my protein, but then the rest could come from pizza or you know chicken wings or, sure. or, or whatever i mean like there was no rhyme or reason right i'd throw a scoop of ice cream in with my protein shakes and stuff right. like that you know blend it all up i mean i was eating everything and anything yes i packed on a lot of weight but it wasn't good weight but i'd always have that competition coming up where i diet down and i put on the blinders and go on the crazy chicken and broccoli this is like young 20s or well throughout my late teens right on through my 20s and then even through uh you know my early 30s as well as doing this thank you so much for listening to the strong by design podcast if you're enjoying today's show please subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes go to strongbydesignpodcast.com let's get back to the show well, I could had the hardest time gaining weight in high school. I was so right. so skinny. Yeah, so like it, it worked when I was younger, like late teens, early twenties. This whole idea of bulking up actually I couldn't worked. even bulk up. I could eat right? absolutely anything in high school, and it was so hard to gain weight. I was wow. walking around eating baked potatoes and <laughs> drinking this stuff called Mega Mass. Yeah, I remember <laughs> that. Yeah, all the weight gainers. But yeah, I, I it worked for me back then. But then, of course, as you get older and your metabolism changes trying to bulk up and put on extra weight it, it usually backfires because most people overestimate how many calories they need sure to put on muscle like in fact when i'm coaching people now if, if they want to build muscle i actually recommend like just focus on a maintenance calorie intake because you'll probably build muscle while burning fat simultaneously on a maintenance calorie sure without putting on that extra weight but anyway, the way it worked for me is I would go through these extreme contest cutting diets. So, I mean, six months out from the show, I'd be chicken and broccoli and two hours a day of cardio and six days a week in the gym. And that approach works. You can get shredded doing that, but it's not a lifestyle approach. So as soon as the contest was over, I was like, man, I can't stand the cardio. I'm sick of chicken and broccoli. Like, look out. Where's the all-you-can-eat buffet? Right. Right. Where's the pizza joint? And I just start chowing down on all the stuff that I would be craving during my contest diet and then months to lose the weight only weeks to put it all back on again and then i'd start the whole yo-yo diet all over again contest after contest but because i had those contests coming up i'd still stay reasonably lean you know because i'd always be dieting down every single year and of course when social media came around you wouldn't show your fat pics you'd only show your right. good pictures right so if you went to my website you wouldn't see my fat off-season pictures you'd only see my contest pictures so I, it made me feel good, but then in the reality, I, I was. But then you became a YouTube star. Yeah. And then there's. Uh, then you're people see you all the time, right? <laughs> right. So they see the reality. Then right. How come you're you're not as lean as you are in your pictures? Right. What's on the go there? So when did you change that approach, and what are you doing now instead? Well, how it came about for me is I did my last bodybuilding show in 2011, and 
after that, my wife and I decided we wanted to try to, you know, ha- have a child. And so the way it worked for us is we actually got married in 2013. It was. So, I mean, I, I did my last show in 2011. She did her last show because she was also a national level figure competitor. She did her last show in 2012. And then in 2013, we said, well, let's get married and actually try to have a baby because we've been together for years before then. We actually met in 1999. So we've been dating and living together, but we just didn't finally make it official until we decided we want to have a baby. And of course, that was our reason to get married. (laughs) Right. So we did that and then started to try and have a baby. And it didn't happen as easy as I thought it would. (laughs) Like, it took a long time. I mean, she had several miscarriages. So, I mean, it was it was a struggle. It took several years. And, I mean, of course, that's stressful and everything else. And as she was going through that, I wasn't as consistent with my eating or training. And then when she did finally get pregnant with her son, Harvey, I, I gained weight along with her. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. She, she'd send me out on the junk food runs and I'd bring it back. And of course I would indulge and I'd eat junk food with her. So we both got fat while she got pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did you just call your wife fat? Uh, <laughs> scratch, she, scratch that. She's not going to listen to this podcast. Audio engineer, scratch that. <laughs> okay. I got fat. She was pregnant. <laughs> right. There we go. <laughs> there. But, uh, so that happened of course. And, uh, after he was born, you know what it's like when you got young kids, you're not sleeping, they're up all hours of the night. So, I mean, I was just exhausted and I'm like, I don't feel like going to the gym today. I'll go tomorrow. Next thing you know, tomorrow turns in the next week and it's like, I don't feel like cooking. Let's just order a pizza. And all those little decisions, they just start stacking up one after the other, after the other. And then all of a sudden I'm looking in the mirror and I'm like, who's this fat slob looking back at me? I do not recognize this man. <laughs> so it, that's... The, the turning point for me was I was 39 years old looking at myself in the mirror and I'm like, I am disgusted with this. And of course, being a YouTuber, I was still pumping out fitness content. I was still doing videos and things like that. But then people who were new to my channel, I I get the, the comments. And you know yourself on YouTube, people are very brutal with their They're comments. ruthless. They just want ripped oh, people. That's it, man. If you're giving fitness advice, you got to be ripped. You got to be they ripped. They do not care. Mm-hmm. How much you can squat, deadlift, bench? No, really, nothing other than how ripped are you? Right, or they're not listening to your fitness advice, or, or I mean, they don't care about like what you did in the past is what you oh, are right, right, right now right. too. Exactly. So, but I mean, I'd get people like, "Who's this fat f u c k e r giving fitness advice?" And those are the comments. That, and at first, I was like, "Okay, they're they're just haters." But then I'd start to get a lot more of them, a lot more of them. And I'm like, maybe they're right. <laughs> like, like, who is this fat f u c k e r giving fitness advice? So I said, I got to get my, uh, I got to get my stuff together here. So that was another motivation too. I really wanted to like just be a positive example for my followers because I mean I still had the fitness business, but I wasn't practicing what I preached. And right. it was just, a big. Uh, that's one of our core values, just the, yeah. the integrity thing. Yeah. But it can sneak up on you. It can. Right. But, um, what did you? So what did you do instead of the yo-yo? Instead of the bulking and cutting? Tell you what was the big thing for me. Um, I I really. I actually hired a coach. I hired a coach to help me with this because I, I was at the stage where I knew what to do, but I couldn't get myself to do it. Like I knew, okay, if I do two hours a day of cardio, if I go low carb dieting, if I go all this extreme approach, yes, it'll work. But I was like, man, I just don't want to do that anymore because I knew how hard it was and I never had the willpower or the determination to do it. So I actually hired a coach who helped me to go through 
more of a habit and lifestyle based approach. So it wasn't a contest cutting diet. It was like a get lean for lifestyle type of diet. And it was all about just making better food choices. So instead of going like all or nothing, it was just, let's just be good enough, but good enough consistently. Hmm. So I actually went through that process and I found it was a, a game changer for me. So I actually then started applying those same principles to my own coaching students. And now the the type of content that I share online now is all geared around someone who's more mature, over 40, has got a family, has got a career, has got you know a busy life, can't afford to be spending six days a week in the gym, doesn't want to be meal prepping and counting every morsel of food that they're eating, but still wants to make progress. And that's what it's all about now. It's kind of like you don't have to be perfect. You just have to be good enough. And it's, it's almost like the 80-20 rule. As long as you're doing like 80% to move you in the right direction, you can still have that 20% of not so good stuff. Like you can still go out to a restaurant or you can still like slip from your diet or screw up a few times as long as you get back on track and start moving yourself in the right direction afterwards. Sure. We have a so, lot of the same clientele over mm-hmm. 40 men yep. and women and rarely are people trying to get ripped abs. They're just trying to get more of a flatter belly. They want to have energy so that they can uh, keep up with their kids Mm -hmm. or grandkids, you know, live a long, healthy life, trying to sleep better. They're trying to worrying more about health issues. Yep. And then uh, it has to do with feeling good too. You know, not being in pain, being able to move, you know, that's huge. And then it's losing fat. Mm hmm. But, you know, there's, I think there's still a lot of guys that uh, are looking to do both at the same time, right? They want to they want to tone up, tighten up, put on some muscle mm-hmm. while getting rid of that, that spare tire. Yeah. I, that I seems was... to be where it's at. But it's not like I want to step on stage or, or I want to compete. It's not like those guys don't exist. I'm just saying, like you said, at this uh, season of life, guys are mm-hmm. in, in deep into their careers. They can have a family situation going on. The oh. number one priority isn't the same as what it was when you were in your 20s. No, it's, it's totally different. And, and that's the same for me. Like a lot of times people will see me now and especially people who've known me for throughout the years. And they say, oh, you must be getting ready for a bodybuilding competition. I'm like, no, I just I don't want to be fat anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my motivation at this stage of the game. Yeah, well, I don't want to be check, fat. Check out uh, your YouTube, right? It's Total Fitness Bodybuilding. Yeah, if you just do a search for Lee Hayward's Total Fitness Bodybuilding, it'll come up there uh, on YouTube. Well, when this yeah. releases, go check out the new videos and <laughs> yeah, see that's what's right. Out. But he's actually he's looking pretty ripped. You've been doing doing the workouts yep. here while you've been in Florida. We have yeah, a team workout a on, time. on Thursdays mm-hmm. where we have a lot of it's open to friends, family, and other like entrepreneurs and fitness come in, and we have a pretty awesome workout on Thursday. So. Looking to win some free Critical Bench swag? Here's how. Subscribe to the Strong by Design podcast on iTunes and then visit us on Instagram at The Critical Bench to let us know you're a subscriber. Be sure to DM us to get your free gifts. Yeah, I've, I've been uh, taking some like off the cuff vlog style videos and I right. posted up a couple of them on my channel already. So I, I've actually got another one ready to go this this week another group work oh nice yeah but those are great it's 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 fun because we're coming into a a different atmosphere like i train at a typical fitness gym right so i mean a lot of the stuff that you guys got here we don't have access to you know like for example i did yoke walks the other day and my my back is 
Okay, I can feel my back working with the yoga. Really, anything new, anything, <laughs> anything that you're new. not that you're not used to. Yeah, because we do a lot of this the same stuff here. So mm-hmm. it's kind of a hybrid gym. We've got right. a lot of functional stuff. There's some open area yep. things people might think of as like CrossFit stuff, but I also still like machines. Sure. So there's there's a lot of machines. There's free weights, but then we got the turf area turf. where there's some strongman and sleds, sled dragon. We did that as like well. That. That, yeah. that was something that I've never done before either. Because you know you go into a typical fitness gym, they're not going to have sled, right? <laughs> right. They're not going to have a yoke. Um, you know, there's a lot of things like that. I mean, just some of these different exercises, you know, I just find them great. I love it because it's just something totally unique and that fun, a fun workout, right? Yeah. You know, because it's a total body training session we're doing there and it's uh, a lot of metabolic conditioning. And I, I just, I really enjoy coming down here for these group workouts. So. It's good to have you. You, yeah. I mean, you probably get when people ask you what you do and they find out you're in fitness and mm-hmm. they, then I always get the question, it's like, what workout should I be doing or what's the best workout? And it's it's kind of, you just hit the nail on the head right there. It's what you find enjoyable. Mm-hmm. We talked about this, I, th- I think, uh, yep. a week and a half ago or so. We're like, whatever you will do that you like to yep. do is the best workout. So I'm not comparing like calories burned mm-hmm. per hour or what's what's the thing that's going to raise your metabolism the most after the workout? Right. Like, forget yep. all that. You mm-hmm. need to, you need to move every day and burn calories. And what right. do you like to do? Do you like to run? Do you like to swim? Do you like mm-hmm. to play basketball? Do you want to lift weights? Like right. body weight training, jumping rope, whatever is fun for you that you will consistently keep doing. Because again, this isn't about some crash four to six week program getting some really good shape and then you're done and it's over. What can you consistently enjoy doing? Right, as a lifestyle. Right. That's the whole thing. And that's going to be what you like doing. And I yep. agree with you, new stuff helps mm-hmm. being around other people. It adds that uh, competitiveness, like just energy. Mm-hmm. So we have all the guys on Thursday it usually winds up being the best workout of the week because sure. you kind of want to put your best foot forward, try your best and everybody's in there. Yeah going hard so a little bit of friendly competition sure. but at the same time like know your limitations i mean it's it's not <laughs> like when i was doing those yoke walks the other day i mean i had to uh, i had to stop my sets because i couldn't keep up with the rest of the guys there i'm like man this this is just too heavy i know my limitations well, That's it. If, if we went through one of your typical workouts that we're not used to it'd sure. be the same thing it's just right? whatever you're not used to and mm-hmm. it's just stepping out of your comfort zone yep. there to do that stuff that's great but it's it's nice to change it up and and just like say to try new things. But as far as the best workout, the workout that you're going to do consistently, that is the best workout. Right. Did you ever come to one of the yoga sessions here? I have not. I, I've done yoga on my own though, right. and it's it's. I'll tell you right up front. I mean, it, it's a lot harder than most people give it's it funny, credit for. We got, we got the two powerlifters talking about yoga All right. just 10, <laughs> 10, 20 years later, but. Uh, no, I, I used to laugh at yoga when I was in my uh, oh, 20s. Oh, of course. It's for sissies. It's for sissies. All yep. it is is stretching. It's not even a real workout. <clears throat> yeah, right. Now, uh, I would say it's the hardest workout of the week for every single person sure. here. Wednesdays, we have a, uh, a yoga instructor come, and she does a private group workout nice. here for everybody at the office mm-hmm. and at the gym. That's awesome. And um, so hard. We call it max effort yoga <laughs> right because it's just really something we have not been doing i've been lifting weights mm-hmm. for so many years i've uh got to work on mobility and mm-hmm. flexibility and 
and a lot of these things that I've just never done. Right. And it's hilarious watching Chris in there, especially. He's like grunting and moaning, <laughs> acting like he's trying to like max out on right. a deadlift or something, just trying to get into some position. That, <laughs> and she's taking it easy on us, too. We had um, the video guy in there one day. Right and at middle of the session, he asks her, or afterwards, he says, "Do you do any have any beginner type yoga stuff?" And I'm just laughing to myself because I asked this question like a month ago. She's like, "This is this is the, the beginner, beginner stuff." Yeah. She's like, "The only thing easier than what we're doing is like you know when if we're dealing with like geriatrics or people that have injuries, you know, right. there's some modifications to make mm-hmm. it a little easier. But this this is beginner here. <laughs> we're like, wow, yeah." People are it's, dying afterwards. So happy to do it. Like people feel good, but it's the, it is the hard. hardest one. It is hard. Why? It's, Just because we don't do it. If we were, if she were to go do battle ropes and pull-ups and stuff, she might not be used to that be, at all. And that could be right. the toughest workout she's done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But she loves it. But yoga is a totally different workout because there's so much time under tension and so much of that oh, It's almost like isometric It training. is. It's very much like isometrics. I mean, just to have that control. Because like with powerlifting or even with bodybuilding, it's dynamic, it's explosive. Like you're not holding a position for, sure. for you know, however long, like 30 seconds or something like that or whatever long you're holding the pose for. Like you're not holding the bottom of a bench press for 30 seconds. <laughs> right. Not even on a pause. Right? right. I mean, you're probably not even, <laughs> if you're doing a low rep set, you're not even getting 30 seconds time under tension. Sure. Right. If you bang up five reps or 10 reps, I mean, you can do that in less than 30 seconds. Well, so. even just... uh slowing down your mind sure. a little bit just the breathing which breathing, ridiculous yeah. that how, how we're so uptight and wound up go 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 all the time at least uh, right like, I, mean, I don't know what it's like where you are in like new england's worse than where it is here in the south in florida but uh you know all day it's like brains racing got stuff to do stick into a schedule mm-hmm. and then to stop for a workout where now you have to like slow down right and actually breathe and take those big belly breaths instead of yep. all the chest breathing like we do. So, hmm. yeah, I mean that's that's another thing because like you mentioned, like with with bodybuilding or powerlifting, I mean you're forcing breath. Like it's it's you 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 make it so it, like everybody knows you're working hard. But with yoga, you try and actually make it seem like you're relaxing while you're right. <laughs> you're secretly killing yourself here. <laughs> right. You're trying to actually make it seem you're trying like to like you're, breathe through it. Yeah, breathe through it and see and trying to, you know, deal with the pain that way versus just grunt and groan and, you know, breathe and spit and everything else. <laughs> yeah, it's a different exercise for sure. But it's uh, I have a lot of respect for it. I mean I've I've went through a, a phase of it. And the cool thing about it now, I mean with with YouTube, like there's so many yoga channels out there. I mean, you can have a private yoga studio right in your living room. <laughs> Just put it up on your big screen TV and boom. <laughs> yes. Speaking of YouTube, when um, did you get nominated for a YouTube award where they sent you a bunch of equipment? And oh, yeah. Like- that was um, gee, when was, that was in 2011. It was. That's uh, YouTube had an ex-trainer program. right? And what it was is they chose the top 16 fitness channels at the time. And they, they took, it was all fitness related, but they had different categories. Okay. So there was, there was yoga channels there, uh, like yoga for both men and women. Uh, there was some sports specific channels there who had, um, Jeff Cavalier was just coming on board, Athlean X. Like he, this is when he was getting started. He was one of the 16 as well. Yeah, I think I was in a, I was in a business group with him that Were year you? in 2011. Okay. Yeah, right. So he was just getting started then. Of course, he's ex- since then exploded to the number one fitness channel on YouTube. Like I don't know, about his 
eight million subscribers or some crazy number like that yeah. now it was off the charts but there was a lot of different uh, channels and i was the bodybuilding channel so of, of all the different fitness categories like there was some crossfit and there was some guys who were doing like the uh, parkour and, and the bar stars were a part of it as well right. like a lot of these different fitness categories but i was the the bodybuilding coach of that so it was top 16 channels and they basically took us through like a virtual mastermind for YouTube. And we've had a lot of, you know, experts come on and a lot of big YouTubers kind of like teaching you the inside of, of how YouTube works. Is that still going on or was that? No, that was just a, I think it was like a three month program that they okay. had. But uh, like one of the guys they had, I remember Billy Blanks, the, the Tybo, or yeah. <laughs> like he was one of our instructors. Oh, wow. Right. So we got to do some live like Zoom calls with him back in the day. Uh, who else was it? There was a, several other people who had big, uh, not not necessarily fitness channels, but big YouTube channels. You know, come on, just talking about how YouTube worked back then. Now, of course, a lot of the stuff that they talked about still applies today, but YouTube has changed so much. Like, you know, the, the way it's structured and everything else. So, I mean, some of the things are not necessarily applicable right. in, in today's YouTube than it was, you know, nine years ago. Scientific studies are showing that male hormone imbalance is a silent killer, contributing to conditions like stubborn weight gain, obesity, chronic fatigue, and lack of libido. It's time to begin supporting your body's natural testosterone, while at the same time ridding your body of the excess estrogen that's dragging you down. Visit strongbydesigntdrive.com to find out how to naturally boost your testosterone. Let's get back to the show. I mean, you can always try to beat the system and mm. figure out the algorithm and oh, and that stuff. But ultimately, what does it come down to? Consistency, consistent perseverance, content. and providing good, valuable content that's going to help people. Yep. Same thing is what's going to make this podcast great. Right. You know, it's just providing value to people. Mm-hmm. That's that's all. That's the secret it. right there. I mean, if you you can try and play the the algorithms and keywords and all that kind of stuff. I mean, yes, you know, that, that does have a That'll place, help, but people, they, they just cannot stick with it. This, no. uh, one thing I recently heard about was just, um, this business life cycle. It could be of a product or it could be of a platform or it could be of a business. Mm-hmm. And it talks about when you first, uh, get started in something, you have a lot of optimism about it, but you're not informed about everything right. that it's going to take. So you have uninformed optimism. Mm -hmm. Then what happens is you start, as you get into it and you start learning more about it, now you're starting to become informed and you start to drop down and become a little more pessimistic. Right. So you went from the top, you just drop down below into pessimistic and informed. Then the next thing that happens is it's called, it's called the valley of death. (laughs) So the valley of death is at this very bottom part where now something has to happen. This is where everybody quits. But every single business, product, or mm-hmm. new venture goes through this valley of death. And at this valley of death, I, th- I think for most people, it's around two years. And if you've watched guys on YouTube, they go crazy. Mm-hmm. They're making videos nonstop, and they can do it for about two years. And then they get burnt out. Yep. They can't make another video. They've said everything they've had to say, and they don't want to do it anymore, and they quit. And that's just YouTube as an example, but it happens in business. It happens in anything really sure and i'm i'm saying 2 years but it can it can yeah. be all different things and at that point you have to decide are you coming out of this and you're going to keep going and then it does raise right. up right or 
or you quit and it just dies when you're in the valley of death. But guess what? If you quit, now you start the next thing and it starts over. You're now at that beginning part again where you're the uninformed optimist and then it sinks down. You're going to wind up in that valley of death. Mm -hmm. There's no avoiding it. It's not like you're going to not go through this. You're going to go through it. So you got to decide ahead of time, is this a long-term thing that you want to do? Then keep doing it and fight through that valley of death and come out of it. And that's where all your competition is going to fall off anyway. If we look at the guys doing what we were doing with, uh, you know, publishing ebooks, Mm -hmm. selling things online, teaching fitness, how many guys have you seen come and go? Oh my gosh. A lot. And the platform we're on, like just a place, a marketplace where how we accept credit cards called ClickBank. You're Mm -hmm. one of the first guys that beta tested on that platform. It's been around 25 years or so. I mean, it's been a while. Yeah. And, um, that, I mean, it's guys stick around there. You see them on there for like a year, maybe two, and then they're gone. gone. Yep. And, and that's just how it is. Yeah, you, you see that in, in so many things. I mean, what you just explained with business to, makes a lot of sense. And it's actually good that you go through that uninformed optimism because that's what gets you started. Because if you had all the knowledge and you knew all the struggles you were going to go through, you'd probably say, screw this. I'm going to stick to my job. <laughs> it's so much easier, so much more secure. I don't need to go through this pain of... All right, so let, right? let's let's talk about it in fitness. That's yeah. the stuff when we were teenagers, when you, for me, you, you started, I think you said 12? 12. All right, yeah. I, was, I was more like 15. Okay. And um, same type of thing. Yep. H- had the bench press set in the basement with like mm-hmm. the plastic weights and stuff. Um, just working out on my own. Have right. no idea what I'm doing. Just reading magazines. There was no internet. I was, then I started going to the YMCA and I was doing... Right full body, same workout every single day, the same thing. It's like six days a week. And I still actually was getting stronger and putting on some muscle. So it's like when you first yeah, start like, on your side, right? Like <laughs> yeah. any, anything's going to work when you first mm-hmm. start out. But then you're also looking at the magazines and you're seeing these pro bodybuilders. I don't know anything about steroids. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm like going through puberty thinking, wow, if I just like work out for a couple of years, I'm going to look like this guy. Exactly. Yep. That talk about uninformed optimism <laughs> right there <laughs> big time but then you start at it for a few years consistently you're, yep. you're getting to be in your young 20s and you're starting to realize like wait a minute things are getting yep. a little harder it's getting a little tougher it is do i want to keep doing yep. this oh, and, I, and i loved it i wanted to keep doing it sure but i'm saying i think mm-hmm. there's guys that get the results right away mm-hmm. and, and i think that's a good thing because that's what motivates you to like want to keep going but eventually you're going to hit some kind of plateau Things are going to get challenging. They're going to get difficult. It's not going to be as easy or you need to change things, something. Mm-hmm. And you start dipping down there into that valley of death, if we call it that, That's for right. fitness too. Sure, but same you, But you can come out of that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I find with, with a lot of people, I, I see this a lot and I've went through a similar phase myself. Like you have that uninformed optimism. I mean, I remember when I started working out, I figured, well, you know, give me a year. I'm going to be looking like Arnold by this time next year. Yeah. Right? right. I, I was I was totally convinced of that because I remember, you know, bought my first muscle magazine. I mean, this was before the internet. So oh, you're you, doing sub with that thinking, you're doing subconscious programming right there. Oh yeah. You're feeding your mind the correct and it doesn't know when you're telling the truth or when you're lying. And you're That's actually right. believing mm-hmm. your story that you're telling your mind and then yep. then you're gonna your body's and your brain's gonna figure out a way to like get Try towards and figure that goal. it out. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. But I I, I 
got the, my first muscle magazine and I used to get books from the library. This course is before the internet because that's the only way you could get information, books and magazines. And I was convinced, like, give me a couple of years. I mean, right. I, I, I'm going to be, that's it. I, I was dead set on, I'm going to win Mr. Olympia and I'm going to do it natural. Like, right. Right. Because these guys are not taking steroids. Of course they're not. Right. You know? And uh, <laughs> WWE wrestling is real. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> And, but I mean, like that's how naive Jean Claude Van Damme is the world's greatest fighter. <laughs> I was a huge Van Damme fan too. Yeah, <laughs> but, oh. well, those, those are the guys oh, the, I was watching: Terminator, Rambo, and yeah, Jean Claude movies. Right? All the, the the blood sport and the kickboxers and all. Oh man, that was <laughs> that was good stuff. That, that got those, you fired. That up. was a good era. Yeah. Yeah, we had some good movies. Then. <laughs> good. We just don't want to be like Uncle Rico and say, "Man, I wish it was back in '82 again." Right. <laughs> <laughs> No, well, those those were good times. But man, I mean that that uh, uninformed optimism. I mean that's that's critical to get people started. But I think we're really once you've been doing it for a while on your own, then you realize okay, it's not as easy, and it's you're, you're not getting the results you thought you would. That's when you need a coach. Hmm. And I think like business, fitness, anywhere like that, you need someone who's been there, done that, and can actually take you through the process. Because I've seen a lot of guys quit. And they're making great progress, but they just don't realize it's actually good progress. Like sometimes you might have somebody, let's just say they're, they're a hundred pounds overweight and that they start dieting and like, you know, they maybe in a few months they're down 30 pounds and they're like, oh, that's not fast enough. And like, that's actually really good progress. Right. Right. You know, you, you, you got to put things in perspective, but they feel like a failure, even though they're succeeding. And if they have a coach to kind of put things in perspective, it can help them to push through that, that. I guess that uh, area where you're approaching that valley of death, as you mentioned. Every right? successful life person yep. I know in every industry and field mm -hmm. ha has coaches. Coaches have coaches. Like Absolutely. You, you have to put value on learning from people that have already done there. I just in masterminds, which for those of you not familiar with it, it's other getting together with other business owners mm -hmm. and you pay a coach who kind of leads the group and, yep. you, and you help each other grow and learn. And, I think in 2019, I spent probably $136,000 on coaching for, mm. for business. Wow. Okay. That, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. Uh, yeah, but someone else probably mm -hmm. spent a lot more than that. Oh, the yeah. guys that I'm learning from that they're are the coaches in that group, that. they're spending a lot more than that mm -hmm. from the people they're learning from. Right. And if you w went back... That yeah, that's a lot. I'll admit that's a lot. But mm -hmm. if I went back five years ago, twenty thousand was a lot. Sure. And before that, ten thousand was a was lot. a lot. Like it's it's all relative. I remember that first mastermind that uh, where we actually met in twenty ten. I believe that was a ten thousand dollar mastermind. Right. And what a leap of faith that was. At, oh yeah. At that time, mm -hmm. for for me, I had finally paid off all this debt from college mm -hmm. and. Just not being smart with my money, had racked up some right. credit card bills, finally got to the point where this was clear. Yep. And then I find out about this group and uh, $10,000, Vince's group. Right. And talking to my wife about it. And I'm like, should we do this? We do not have $10,000. Right. I'm going to go get back into debt for another $10,000, mm -hmm. just believing that this is going to change and everything's going to be right. get better and improve. It's mm -hmm. putting like a lot of faith in like a person yep. that I didn't even really know. Mm -hmm. And we did take that leap of faith. 
Yep. And, and joining that group, I think, was the major turning point for me and this business. The guys sure. that we met in that group and the people that I met in that group, those became, um, you know, friends. They mm-hmm. became people we, we worked together with. Sure. And I, I know in that year, my business wound up doubling in that year. Yeah. Just from being in that group. And ever since then, I've really put a value on that. And I knew before to be around the right people. I knew the atmosphere was important. The environment mm-hmm. that you're in was important because that's all that programming that's coming into you. Right. You can be watching the wrong shows, hanging out with the wrong people, listening to the wrong stuff, and you're just feeding yourself with negativity. It's going to be really hard to overcome that. Huge. Flexibility training could possibly be the most misunderstood and perhaps the most undervalued component of wellness and physical conditioning. Find out the seven ways to become flexible without stretching. Go to strongbydesignstretching.com, enter your email, and download this special 27-page report for free. Let's get back to the show. I've, I've never seen anybody succeed in a poor environment. I don't think it's possible. Yeah. Now, it, regardless of how motivated you are, if, if you're constantly surrounded by a bad environment and bad influences, eventually it's going to break you down. Until you you just have to get out of that. Yeah, you have yeah. to get out of it yourself. But I mean, like if, if people are stuck in a bad environment, and again... But it's so hard for people because these it are... Is. It could be your family. Right. It could be friends, and it's hurtful to, to feel like in. you're leaving people mm-hmm. or that you're doing something, but you yep. have to be around the right positive people. It has. For for me in football, I was lifting weights with the linemen and I was running right. running with the defensive backs and the wide receivers. It's like being around the right guys when it was working out. Mm-hmm. I wasn't hanging out with the 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 slow guys and the weak guys. I was right. hanging out with the best guys. Mm-hmm. Same thing with business. Learn from the guys Perfect. that already know what they're doing, that their integrity matches what you're doing and you respect what they're doing. Sure. And they've been where you've been. Same thing with, with fitness. Yep. Get, get a coach. Number one tip of anything. And people are not going to understand this. They're going to think you're wasting your money, yep. that you're get, throwing it away, that this person's taking advantage of you. Mm-hmm. And, and don't get me wrong. There are people out there who will take advantage of you. I mean, there, sure. that, there is that element as well. But uh, I've made my best progress in fitness and in business when I've worked with a coach. And and I've gotten to the phase, too, where I've gotten cocky. I've hired a coach, had some great success, and say, well, I know it all now. And then get away from the coaching, and then I start to see my progress start to decline. Well, there's accountability there, too. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's more than just you, knowledge. Someone that you got to report to and let them know mm-hmm. how you're doing that has a vested Huge. interest. Huge. Like th- that year when we did the, the Mastermind uh, in 2010, like that was a big stretch for me at the time. And, but that was my best, most successful year in business. Like that more than doubled my, my revenue that year. So, I mean, that was a huge payoff return on investment. But afterwards, I was like, yeah, I've been through this. I know this stuff now. Like, And then I kind of got cocky and lazy and I guess got away from masterminds. In fact, that whole mastermind folded after that. Yeah. <laughs> right? I wasn't the only one who kind of felt like, I guess, that attitude. <laughs> yeah. And, and it, it kind of folded. And I seen my business started to go down and go down and go down ever, you know, so slightly after that. Right? Every year it was just drop, drop, drop. And then I finally, oh, God, I need to get a coach again. <laughs> so it turned things back around. And same thing with bodybuilding and fitness. Like I, in the past, I've tried to do it on my own thinking, well, what, what's a coach going to tell me? I mean, I know how to eat right. I know how to exercise. Like what's a coach going to tell me? Plus that can be uh, tough yeah. on your ego and this is what you do. Yeah. And then you're going to get some 
pay someone to tell you what to do when, right when this is what you do that's right <laughs> yep but uh it, it it works i mean i've just to have someone who's more experienced especially in, in what it is that you're working and on you can do this in every area of your life absolutely too. so mm-hmm. when it comes to faith you can you can have yeah s- someone that that helps you with that and holds you accountable to it in your marriage the marriage isn't going to mm. just uh, be something that just automatically is good all the time. That takes a lot of work, and there's a it lot, of, a lot of things there that you can uh, work on together. Just scheduling, you know, date nights, time for each other. There's so many marriage courses and different things you can do together too. And sure, I mean, that's two areas. And you've got your you've got your health, you've got business. These are all different areas. It's not the same coach in every area. I've got coaches in mm-hmm. multiple areas of my life. Yeah, no, absolutely. You're 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 totally right, and it's. it's it's nice that you bring that up because everybody's going to go through these same challenges, you know, like especially with the relationships and the, and the, you know, faith and all that. I mean, that's a huge area for a lot of people. You know, I mean, we've seen a lot of business fail, not from business failures, but from relationship failures. Oh yeah. Right. We've seen that happen a lot. Well, a lot of businesses close when, when there's a divorce sure. or, or problems, you've yep. seen a lot of places have to sell mm-hmm. and do things. It's, it's stressful. And it's, to be able to work through those hard times. And then um, you know, there's another thing yeah. I've seen a lot of, and I, I just call it a, a correction. And you've seen guys that were pretty cool, down to earth, n- nice guys. And then mm-hmm. the success gets to their head and you can see the egos just build right. and build and build. And now they're like, I'm awesome. I'm smart. Look what I did. This mm-hmm. was all me. Nobody helped me. I'm self-made. And then, right. and then at those times, I think God sometimes steps in and says, all right, let me, uh, let me let me give that a little correction. And then you, then you see a dip, another <laughs> test. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. And, and then you see the opposite. Sometimes people who are doing super successful in certain areas, and they're the most humble and genuine, down to earth people that you'll ever meet. Right. I mean, you see that a lot too. Yeah. Well, well probably not a lot, but you do see it. <laughs> no, I mean Joel yeah. Marion comes to mind yep. with, with the Born to Impact podcast. I've known Very I've known man. him from the time uh when he quit teaching and just right. getting started online mm-hmm. to where he's at now ultra successful entrepreneur and yep. still most giving person that i Very know super generous, generous mm-hmm. and has not changed in any negative way no no i mean i i remember joel when he was getting started before he even had these ebooks business he was a he had his uh, published book after he won the body for life championships or the yeah, body for life competition back in oh, when was it uh, somewhere around the mid 2000s yeah, around that like range. Thir- 13 years ago or so yeah yeah it, it might have been cheat your way thin with a different name or something the book i believe it was cheat your way thin or something along those lines and then he came out with the uh you know the, the ebook programs and stuff and did phenomenally well with several programs there and then started the supplement line but yeah i mean i've seen him grow i mean it's again he's phenomenal and so humble, so down to earth, mm. right? And again, just a genuine salt. Well, we heard him uh, speak at Vince's group yep. a couple of weeks ago, and I do remember remember him saying, "Like, who who am I to get cocky about this? It could get taken away from me at any at exactly. any moment." And right. I'm just a regular person too. We're yep. all we're all people. Everybody, we should mm-hmm. treat everybody the same. Yeah, oh, it's it's a it's a great attitude to have, right? Yeah, I mean, I appreciate that from from Joel for sure. Yeah. yeah. Did yeah. you did you visit his church a couple of weeks ago? Yes, yeah, the last couple times. Now we actually went there. Um, 
we went to a few different churches here and, yeah. and, and this is something that's unique for us because like back home in canada we we go to a small little wooden chapel church i mean like it's it's been around for 180 years wow so this is a united church that we go to and then to come here to these mega churches <laughs> like it's like going to a rock concert for for lack of a better word right yeah i mean the first one we went to uh was it was Grace Family, that yeah. one? Yeah. Well, in, uh, in Tampa, I believe Co- it was. Coach Chris, one of our hosts, he goes goes to that church. Yeah. I don't know if you saw him when you were there, but a couple other guys we know, like Frank Rich. Frank Rich was the one who invited me over to that church. And I mean, like, we went there, and I'm like, first thing I noticed, like, there's people directing traffic. I'm like, man, like, when we go to our little church, there might be 50 people max in the congregation, like, on a good day. <laughs> so there's yeah. nobody directing traffic. Or, I haven't been there either, but I had the it, same it kind massive. of thing. Like, I didn't grow up going to church right. and all i knew of church yeah. was the traditional mm-hmm. type old, thing so come, coming down here and you go to a place and it, it felt like a concert and yeah people just worshiping and having mm-hmm. fun and hanging out and i was like totally different than anything i'd ever it experienced is. it's it's a totally different experience for me it felt a lot more uh welcoming and i felt more yeah. comfortable where mm-hmm. i guess up north and what i had slight exposure i had of being invited or visiting some places i felt like I didn't belong or that people mm. knew that I didn't fit in. And right. it's like the one place you're supposed to go where you're supposed to feel accepted. And here I was stepping in here feeling like I really shouldn't feel be here. And that's kind of how I felt till right. I wound up coming down to Florida. And I remember okay. the place in our neighborhood um, where I visited, me and Courtney went in there. And I remember the pastor the first day talking about, I'm not here to judge you. And I was like, all right, I, li- I like how this, I like how this sounds because <laughs> yep. There's a lot to judge me for. <laughs> I don't need you doing it. Um, so yeah. that that made me feel comfortable. Sure. Thank you so much for listening to the Strong by Design podcast. If you're enjoying today's show, please subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Go to strongbydesignpodcast.com. Let's get back to the show. No, I mean, that, I, I think that's a, a missing element for a lot of people. I know it has been for myself. Like, I grew up going to church, uh, and then uh, in my late, oh, when was it? Late teens, early early 20s, my parents got split up. And w- around that time, and and y- y- the way everybody knows, like, a, a, a split up, or they're not technically divorced, they're just split up, but still, whenever there's a breakup, there's tension leading up years before it actually breaks. Right. So, I mean, in the in the years while there was tension building, church is one of those things that kind of got pushed to the side, which unfortunately, I mean, it shouldn't have happened. I mean, if they stuck with the church, who knows? It could have saved the relationship potentially. But when that happened, you know, like a lot of things got pushed to the side and church was one of those. And at the time, going to these small, old fashioned churches and I was being, you know, I'm a young guy. I'm like, ah, this is boring. I'm around a bunch of old people. Like, I don't want to sure. be going to this. So, like, I kind of got out of that whole thing. And. As I, you know, father now, I have my own son, and I want him to be exposed to that. So, like, I'm kind of doing it for him, but I'm like, I need it for myself as well. I need that foundation because I, I felt that there was something definitely missing from my life. And getting around these masterminds, like, this was something that kind of like really stood out in my mind. Is like, I'm looking at all these very successful people who are doing well in business, you got great relationships, great families, and I'm like, what's one thing they all have in common? Like they all have a strong belief and they're all, you know, 
religious going to church and stuff like that. And I think, you know, there might be something to this. There yeah. Might be something to this. It's interesting. And even just like, like I don't even consider it religious. I consider it not religious, spiritual. But, I don't know what the word. Well, we yeah, use. no, no. I mean, that's just that's kind of the thing. Like my dad tells me, he's like, mm-hmm. "Oh, you're you're really religious." I'm like, "I'm actually not religious," because to me, religious sounds like some kind of tradition or ritual mm. or kind of thing that you do. Right. Okay. Where I'm like, I have a relationship with Jesus, which to me is different right. than like the relig- religious, right? So it's a, it's a different it, it's, feeling, like. Really, to me, the changing point was it wasn't something that you had to act a certain way uh-huh. or do a certain thing to be accepted. It was more my heart changing and then me wanting to be different. And that was like all the difference. Where religion, to me, was like, do this, 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 and this, right? and now, now you're okay. Where it was the other way for me is like, okay, pray and get to know who Jesus is. And now your heart changes and now you want to do certain things, but you don't actually have to do them. You just mm-hmm. want to do them. And that's a, that's a big difference. I, I totally agree with you. Wanting to do it versus feeling like you have to do. And then that applies to so many things, right? Like, sure. Yeah. But I, I agree with like, if you try and force somebody to do something that they don't want to do, like it, it's, it's only temporary at most. Right. right. It's it's not going to last. Like you can't force somebody to get in shape. You can't force somebody to build a business. You can't force somebody to develop a relationship with God. Right. Right? Force somebody to go to church. And, no. And uh, right. <laughs> Which is what kind of was my situation when I was younger. Like parents like, OK, you got to go to church. And I'm like, I don't want to go. And like, yes, you do. Right. <laughs> you know, forcing. But well, we were flying home from uh, uh-huh. vac- ski vacation okay, on yeah. Saturday. Right. Mm-hmm. And we're on the plane. And my son, Lincoln, he's five years old. And. Just a week of being on vacation with your family, I'm like, I got to get back to church. I need this to like, <laughs> I need a dose of Jesus to get recentered here. And a reset I, and, button. Yeah, and I said to, uh, I said to Karina, my daughter, I yeah. said, "Will you go to church with me on Sunday?" Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Yeah, sure." And then I say to Lincoln, sit next to me on the plane. I'm like, "Hey, do you want to go to church tomorrow?" He goes, "Um, no, thank you." And I'm like, "What's the matter? You don't you don't like church? It's not that much mm-hmm. fun." He's like, no, dad, I, I really like it. I'm just really tired from, from the plane trip and traveling. <laughs> I'm like, whatever. I'm not like making him go. We go all the time mm. and he comes, but it's not the end of the world if he wants to, if he's skipping. You right. know what I mean? Where before I would thinking like, we have to go mm. every Sunday or what? Or God's not going to love us anymore. Like right. if we miss church, no, we want to go to church. Mm-hmm. But if but if something's going on and we can't make it, it's not something to to feel guilty about. Or we got in late from traveling. Sure, you know, it's not something He's holding over our head here. Like yeah. he, he loves us and forgives us. Mm-hmm. It's it's fine. No, that that's a good point. And like you see that a lot. People trying to force somebody to do something, and it, it usually backfires. Like I was actually having a similar conversation the other day with the. Uh, with another parent talking about getting our kids to eat vegetables. Mm. Like I have never tried to force Harvey to eat vegetables or to eat healthy or anything. It's just, he sees me eating clean. And then he comes over like, like for example, for lunch today, I had a large garden salad and then he comes over. He says, daddy, are you eating salad? And I said, yes, I am. He says, can I have some salad? And I said, yes, you can. So I mean, like he's three years old and here he is wanting to eat salad vegetables. That's right. Cause he sees me eating them. 
and like little things like that. Oh, like, well, he had uh, he puked yesterday. He had he had cookies. Just too much sugar. Too, he ate some cookies at your yeah. Uh, and I remember that there. happened uh, to my daughter when she was three too. We were up yeah. in Massachusetts and Grandma. It. No, I mean not a big deal, but mm-hmm. gave her some Capri Sun, some cookies. Like she was right. not used to having this kind of sure. sugar at that age. As they get older, they get invited to birthday parties. They start mm. getting candy. They taste cake. They have stuff, and it starts getting a lot harder to kind of keep it away from them once they get that taste. Right. You know that even for us, the sure. more you have the sweets, the more yep. you want the sweets. Mm-hmm. But same thing at that age three, she had too much sugar and it's poison, right? And she wound up throwing up. We didn't even know it was a matter with her. Your wife, Trish, was so calm about it. She's just like, yeah, he just threw up a little bit. Like It was like, no big deal. We just cleaned it up. It's like, no one panicking. Nothing. You know, it's just like, yeah, he had, he had too much sugar. Too much sugar. <laughs> yeah. That was funny. Right. But same thing, same thing with, um, it, it's called ministering or, mm-hmm. you know, planting seeds. You can go and try to get the megaphone at the stadium and start yelling at people that right. they're going to go to hell if they don't believe. Yeah. But is that a message that's going to lead to like a conversion? No. If we're talking marketing and we're talking sales pages, right? Tell, yep. telling people you better work out or you're a loser is not going to work it as does well. not work. Right. So for us, you know, when people want to talk, I would love to talk about it, but mm-hmm. we're not trying to push push it on people. Sure. But what's di- what watching us or seeing how we're different or how mm-hmm. we treat people? Yeah. And just hoping that um, they're wondering what's different about like the guys at, at Critical Bench or Strong by Design. Like why are they why are they different? What do they have right. going on? And it sounds like you said you've noticed that about some of yep. the guys. And I, I feel like that's a great way to reach people. When you're not sure how mm. to talk to people about your faith, sometimes you don't have to talk about it. Just love on people, treat people well, and and be different than what the rest of the world is used to. And mm-hmm. I think people get interested. Let's lead that, by example. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, like nobody nobody tried to force it down my throat or anything. It was just I could see it, and like it would be brought up in conversation or whatever. Like like for example, uh, we were just talking about Joel. I mean, on every podcast, he always starts with a prayer. Right before he does his podcasts and stuff, and he's he's open about his faith. And I know our, our friend Vince Delmani, he's open about it. Of course, his father is a former pastor, so I mean he right. kind of grew up with it. But they're not forcing it, but they're they're not hiding away from it either. Sure, right? So I mean it's it's there. And then like the more and more I'm getting to see like all these successful people who are very well grounded, very successful in in business and life in general, and like that's one common denominator that I'm seeing. So I'm like maybe there's something to this, right? And, and ironically, once I started to open up to that and started to go to church and started to basically stop relying on me and say, okay, I need help. And I'm like kind of asking from a higher power, like, can you guide me? Like, oh, like guide me in the right direction. Give me the point me in the right di- direction towards people and conversations and resources that can help me. And it just seems like things just started to click when I was more receptive and more open. And within a couple months, like I had a, a record month in my business in my coaching business after I just kind of like surrendered and was like open to accepting, if you will. Yeah. It's amazing. It's just because I don't know, you just open your mind and not thinking that it's up to me for everything. It's sure. more, I'm, I'm more receptive and like when being around the right type of people, being around that positive environment and stuff and just letting that positivity kind of flood in and, and be open to it. Not kind of just shut it down and thinking, Oh, it's a scam or it's a, Sure. Fooey fooey, or what are they trying to get from me and all this kind of stuff? Just kind of like open and accept it. And it's just, it's been nothing but positivity since. 
Thank you so much for listening to the Strong by Design podcast. If you find our show helpful in any way, please let us know by leaving a five-star review on iTunes. Go to strongbydesignpodcast.com. Your review will help us reach more listeners and continue to change lives. Let's get back to the show. We talked about this last night, too. Yeah, we were I think at, where at we dinner, said... Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Where it doesn't mean there's not going to be challenges. It doesn't mean there's oh, no. not going to be problems mm-hmm. or difficulties because it's right. just because you're a believer doesn't mean you're just blessed all the time. You are, you are blessed, but you're still going to have problems and sure. difficulties in your circumstances in life. But yep. for me, it gives me a peace overall of just knowing that things are happening for a reason. Reason and a purpose, right? I, I like to there say, could be yeah. bad things that happen, mm-hmm. but I know that there's a reason for it. It could be preparing me for the next thing. Mm-hmm. I could be going through something challenging just so that I could help someone else later who's going sure. going through that same thing. There's a whole other podcast we have on the reason God sends you storms or allows mm-hmm. storms in your life, and there's so many reasons that challenging or difficult things can happen. But for me, yep. knowing that, um, like I'm playing in the guardrails, there's someone looking out for mm-hmm. me that even if tough things are happening yep. that it's okay even even if i die it's okay there's there's still heaven and and being with god so all of this is a temporary thing and that that gives me a peace over a sure. lot of things i used to try to control every situation and control every outcome mm-hmm. whether it's in business whether it's money whether it's relationships knowing yep. like like you said if you can surrender some of yourself to that it mm-hmm. it's such a like anti-anxiety it just it is it is it's it's a big yeah you don't feel the stress because you feel like okay it's 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 not all my responsibility right <laughs> like just think of everything in life like your body works and even though you don't know how it works it just works like <laughs> right. y- your heart's pumping blood circulating hormones are being <laughs> secreted like everything is happening and we don't know we're not we're not consciously doing anything it's just happening <laughs> and to me it seems more far-fetched that the, all of that is just an accident that just oh, works perfectly I, the way that it does. The whole world works. That there's no design to it. It's just something that it just works. happened without yeah. anyone designing it or creating it. Yeah. To me, that takes more faith to believe that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you just look at how everything just works in this brilliant system. I mean, we, we don't understand how it works. <laughs> but it's, it, I mean, it that's does. just the body. Even just yeah. look, look at the earth we the live earth on and general. how perfectly everything has to be in order to just yeah. support life. It's crazy. I mean, and so I mean, there's there's definitely something much bigger than us, right? We're we're like little ants in an ant farm, and there's someone looking down at us, right? Which can make our yeah. problems not seem su- right. such a big deal mm-hmm. too. Looking at things in that way, yeah. No man, it's, it's good. It's good to have that conversation because it, it could definitely help somebody listening to it who's probably on the fence, thinking, you know, you know I need to look for something. And one piece of advice I think I, I would recommend to someone, if you're looking for a new church, like try a bunch of different churches because <laughs> they all have different personalities and different, uh, you know, different people that go to them. And where, where I live back home in, in Newfoundland, Canada, we don't have a as big of a variety of churches as you do down here in Florida. Right. I mean, uh, it seems like non-denominational Christian is big. so many different kinds there mm-hmm. from you've got more traditional to really modern. You've got right. really big and smaller, all different sizes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And you know, you're, you're going to go there and you're going to have a gut instinct, which is the Holy yep. spirit telling you if, if this is 
the right place or not. Sure. And it's different for everybody. It is. But then, you know, once you're in, you're in. Don't make like it all about preferences. Like, I like the music better. (laughs) This and the lights are better. And the pastor teaches better at this one. Like, you don't want to get get too too much uh, preferences, I think. I guess, yeah. (laughs) You want to be open to, Mm -hmm. to receiving or learning. Sure. However it's brought to you. Yeah. But even just listening to podcasts, like listening to this one or mm-hmm. listening to Board Impact, these other great podcasts, yeah, I mean, you, you can get it there too. But it's all about being connected with other people. Same thing as we talked about in fitness and business. Sure. You got to get around the right people that are going to be supportive of you and lift you up. Same thing with your faith. Yeah. Get around those totally kind of people agree. that are going to keep you on the straight path. Yeah. And sometimes that means you have to cut out certain people out of your life as well. I'm sure like you've probably had to do that over over the years. I know for me it's uh I've had to do it's it. happened more naturally. I created a natural mm-hmm. boundary. I moved right. from New England to Florida 14 sure. years ago and right mm-hmm. then and there I didn't really have to do a lot of cutting of anything. Things kind of just faded and sure. you grow in different directions and yeah. But yeah, it's been it's been a lot harder mm-hmm. I think for for Courtney. Okay. Yeah. But I, I found that, like, when I was younger, like, a, a lot of the friends, I, I, I use that term loosely, but a lot of the so-called friends that I had weren't true friends. They were, for lack of a better term, drinking buddies. Yeah, I was just thinking the same thing. Right, like, people you would see at, at like, house parties or nightclubs or stuff like that, and that was where your friends. And, like, once I stopped, you know, partaking in that, like, I haven't drank alcohol now in, in years. I haven't drank since 2011, actually. Yeah, we had people at the house yesterday, right? right. I bought, um, you know, all different kinds of drinks from Costco. Yeah. And I picked up an 18 pack of Bud Light and a 12 pack of Yingling and just put them out there in case somebody wanted a beer, right? Right. I, my wife barely drinks. She kind of just mm-hmm. got over it. And yep. like about a year ago, she kind of just decided she's not into it anymore right. and doesn't do it. And then I barely ever do. Maybe if I'm out at dinner, I'll have a drink or something. Mm-hmm. But, um, at the end of the day, I think one beer got drank and, and we had like 30, 40 people at the house. I was like, yeah, yeah. but it's like, are we the weird ones? Because most places, right. and I'm going back to my, where, mm-hmm. I, where I grew up or towns oh, man. and friends, like that's what it's all about. It is. And if you're not doing it, yep. you're the weirdo. Yep. And I'm like, okay, but I thought that was peer pressure from college. I didn't know like we're, we're still doing that because I've got I've got bigger th- bigger fish to fry now, right. and, wow. and I don't feel like being hungover. And I'd I'd like to feel oh, good man. tomorrow and have some energy and be a good dad and yep. not wow. not have a hangover. But <laughs> it's not helping anything. It isn't. It's not one thing. It's helping anymore no. for me. But I mean that that's crazy. Think like you had all those people over yesterday and like <laughs> yeah. Nobody drank the beer. No, like everybody when, was drinking. The, somebody the, had a beer. We got to figure out who, <laughs> who, drank, who drank the beer. <laughs> I don't care who drinks. But yeah, it's a different. If uh, you drink, you drink. That that's fine. Just don't have it be something that you're uh, looking forward to and relying mm. on. And I wouldn't have that the basis of a relationship with right, somebody. Exactly. And and I've had that over the years. And of course, that naturally faded out because I mean, if if you're not going out to bars and nightclubs and going to house parties that are all re- revolved around drinking, then Obviously, those friends kind of fizzle out, and then you really see, okay, who are your real friends? Ones that are based on substance, not just on, you know, getting drunk together. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, I've cut a lot of those friends out, and I find that that's been a a step, because when you make room 
like when you eliminate those negative influences, then you, you open up room for more positive people. I to agree. Come and, I, and I think sometimes it doesn't have to be such a, it can be a hard line. Sometimes you mm-hmm. just have to do it, but sometimes it's naturally just going to happen over it time. Is. You don't have to cut them out. They just fall off. Yeah. And a lot of times as you, um, that, that's what a, happened to me. Yeah. A lot of people, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, they don't go for their dreams. They're playing it safe. They're comfortable mm-hmm. and they're, and they're not taking any risks or adventures towards like their passions right. or their dreams. Then if they see someone else who is doing this, who's living the life mm-hmm. that they have passion about, they're making yeah. an impact and it's easy for jealousy and to make other people uncomfortable with what you're doing. And then you're going to see how right. are other people reacting to, to you living your mm-hmm. best life? Are they supportive? Are they encouraging? Are they truly happy for you? Or are you starting to get negative comments? Are you people talking right. about you? Are they saying yeah. things or doing things to try to like stop your success, which you think sounds ridiculous that people mm-hmm. you're friends with would do right. this, but family and friends, it can make them truly uncomfortable yeah. with their own inadequacies of what they're not doing, how they're not living, what they wish they could do, what they wish they had the balls to do, but they're not doing it. (laughs) And you are, and that can make them very uncomfortable and they'll naturally kind of distance themselves from you anyway. Sure. Absolutely. I, 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 and that's what I've seen. Like I haven't had to purposely cut anybody out of my circle. It's just like it, it naturally happened. Right. And I did spend a lot of time thinking about this over Mm -hmm. the last couple of years. And I, and I, you can kind of look at layers too mm. of you've got your inner circle, your core, yep. the people that you will share things with, that you share your dreams with. Right. And, and you got to be careful, very careful who these people are. Then maybe there's like another outer layer after that of people that are still part of your life, but maybe they're family, but they don't quite get what mm-hmm. you're doing. Yep. They don't have that maybe entrepreneur mindset. They're not understanding what, right. what you're trying to do, but you still love them and they're still part of your life. Then there can be past that old friends acquaintances other people that you might only talk to once a year when you do your treat them great they're awesome people there's nothing wrong with them it's just different Mm -hmm. than what you're doing and you're just growing apart in different ways and what god's got planned for you and what you're doing is different than what he's got planned or or what they're doing it doesn't have to be the same and how are you going to stay in the same path decade after decade after decade especially Mm -hmm. when you're working on making an impact and changing people's lives yep. and growing and and other people seem like they could be staying in the same spot. You haven't seen them in 20 years and you talk to them again and it's the same old story, the exact same thing, same problems, same complaining, right. same everything. Yeah. And then they say, you've changed. And you say, of course, it's been 20 <laughs> years. I would hope I would change. If I'm the exact same person I was 20 years yeah. ago, we've got major problems here. Mm-hmm. You've changed as a compliment, not not an insult. I like that, yeah, and it's so true. Yeah, you you hear that. I mean, but people get caught in the rut, and like the the employee mentality. I mean, I I know a lot of people are employees, and there's nothing necessarily wrong with being that, but sometimes you get caught up in the the negativity of of that kind of environment. Whereas I find if you're in an environment of business owners, it's a different conversation. A lot of times, yeah. And I mean, even if you are an employee there, if you're doing something you love that you're passionate about and you're looking forward to Monday morning, mm-hmm. that that's where you want to be. If you're dreading right. your job and your work and you're can't wait till Friday. And, and I was in a spot, I remember where I was like, I can't wait till the week's over so right. I can have some drinks and just numb myself for a couple of days and then just start all <laughs> over again. 
that's no way. And then now I'm like, every day is awesome. And yeah, well, yeah, obviously it's not awesome. There's tough things and sure every single day. I don't care if it's Tuesday, Sunday, or Friday. I like all the different days and I have fun going to work Mm -hmm. and we love going to work on Mondays and seeing each other. And we also love spending time with the family. Mm -hmm. All of it's good. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're uh, self-employed. I mean, working for myself. I mean, I, I don't even know the days of the week. <laughs> like, I mean, right. it, it, like one day is as good as the next. It doesn't matter if it's a Monday or a Saturday or, or whatever. I mean, I look for and it we, every day. I mean, our family does a lot of traveling and, mm-hmm. you know, I'll work while we're away. It doesn't sure. always have to be here. The laptop can come with. Exactly. Yep. And, uh, you know, if you if you do travel a lot, you can't be in vacation mode every single time you leave where now right. now you're eating whatever you want you're you're it's your what if you only have two weeks vacation a year mm-hmm. people are really looking forward to this they in, yep. overindulge eat too much drink too much getting their vacation time in right. right where i'm saying when we travel and do so much that <laughs> we got to do it a little more uh on point with, sure. with keeping the lifestyle is okay. Enjoy every day, not just like vacation week. Right. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the the so-called all-inclusive resorts, right? <laughs> Eat and drink all you want for a week or whatever it is. Like, but then you feel like you got to get your money's worth, uh, yeah. right? Like if you don't have, oh, have a couple extra servings, <laughs> you're getting ripped off. Right. <laughs> Yeah, that's a conversation in and of itself. I, avoid the all-you-can-eat buffets. <laughs> so we're going to have to listen to this episode and figure out what the name of it is because we've talked about everything. We did, didn't we? I mean, we started off with the old days of the internet, fitness, business, coaching, masterminds, faith, family, friends. <laughs> I think we're running out of stuff to talk uh, about, Mike. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that's possible. I don't. We'll have to go part two. Actually, you're the first person that's done two different episodes is that right on, oh. on the podcast yeah okay so i don't know we'll have to check what episode number it was but you did a podcast last year when you're here with chris with, with talking chris. about men over 40 fitness so it, it was basically geared exactly towards fitness then but this one was kind of a more broader conversation right <laughs> yeah which is nice but well how can people get a get a hold of you the easiest way to get a hold of me, I mean, I'm active on Facebook. You just search for Lee Hayward. You can, like Lee Hayward's Total Fitness Bodybuilding is the Facebook page. Uh, Lee Hayward's Total Fitness Bodybuilding is YouTube. I do have an Instagram account, but it's it's kind of like one of those things I've just added on recently, so it's not super active. But Facebook and YouTube are the two places. So if somebody wants to get in touch with me, they can message me through Facebook, and I'll uh, I'll definitely get back. Awesome. Well, appreciate you mm. coming in, Lee, hanging out. Yeah, it was Always great. Always a pleasure Mike. talking to you. Thanks. Next year, we'll have to hit up part three. There we go. Yeah, see where life takes us in another year's time. <laughs> Sounds good, my man. Thank you very much. All right. Appreciate it, Mike. Thank you so much for listening to the Strong by Design podcast. If you found value in today's episode, please subscribe so that more people can find out about our show. Plus, you don't want to miss any future episodes with the amazing guests and topics we have lined up for you.